Right. Are we recording? Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, okay, so uh, I guess you should say something funny since this was your idea. Yeah. So I think to start off, um, you know, it'd be a really funny bit if you and I just mm-hmm. give ourselves titles of, uh, you know, jobs on a film set. Okay. And it's good that I looked up jobs on a film set list. Okay. Um, I did find the nursery man. <laughs> okay. It does sound like a creepy pasta. Yeah. It's a care, yeah, sort yeah. of a local caretaker. I imagine just a very <laughs> big, burly man, just like with a little tiny apron, like a little teddy bear yeah. stuffed in the pocket in the front, and he's holding like 20 kids. And that's you? He's a nursery man. That's me. Okay. I'm Dalton Graves, the nursery man. You got a good position for me. I was thinking oh, maybe best boy. Let's see. Best boy's a good one. grip. Yeah. Ooh, what about the swing gang? You want to be part of the swing gang, bud? <laughs> I want to be part of this. Now, here, the swing is, gang. here is the description of the swing gang. The grunts who fetch and carry props and other equipment to and from the set. Okay. You got to call him the swing gang, man. The swing gang. Maybe that's yeah. both of us, honestly. Yeah, Maybe the, the nursery gang. man is just my own conceptualized being out in the multiverse. Yeah, you're going to put that creepy pasta on Reddit. And are no sleep. You and I are the swing gang, bud. For the swing gang. Swing gang. Swing gang. I could watch you for a lifetime. You're my favorite movie. A thousand endings. You mean everything to me. I never know what's coming. Forever fascinating. Hope you don't stop running to me. Hello everyone, my name is Dalton Graves. My name is Harry Smith. And welcome to Take Fun, the podcast where we finally put our film degrees to good use. Well, we're doing it, Harry. We're doing it. We're here. It's Sunday, May 3rd. May 3rd, I think that's the day. Kind of losing track, to be honest. (laughs) Year of our Lord, 2020. Best year on record. Uh, Keep it coming. Love it every second of it. Chilling, vibing. 2020 is my year. Put that on a (laughs) t-shirt. 2020 is my... I had to live through a pandemic and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. But well, at least we got... It's a good crisp crack oh, right there. Oh, yeah, dude. We got the drinks on deck. Oh, gripped and ripped. Oh. <laughs> so, I guess we should probably explain what the heck this is. Yeah. What is Take Fun? Yeah, Dalton, I'll let you take this one. Mm-hmm. This is really sort of your baby. You came to me with this idea yeah. to go on this endeavor together. But this is your, this is your thing. So, I came up with this idea basically after seeing... So many bad films. So many films released in theaters in different series that just keep getting made. Films made out of concepts that you never would think. Did you know there's a Battleship movie? There is. There fucking is a Battleship movie. It exists. Someone made it. Um, The Lego movie was popular. So, you know, someone decided let's make a Playmobil movie. (laughs) And no one saw it. So I thought... Wait, wait, there's there's a... There's a Playmobil movie? Oh, yeah, dude. There's a Playmobil movie. Are you... <laughs> is this real? Dude, this is real. And it was released in theaters. When? Like a few months ago. And no <laughs> one saw it. 
<laughs> oh no! I love Playmobiles, dude. No one saw it. Damn it. Okay. Yeah. So with that idea in mind, I thought, hmm, what's a fun thing to do? Well, taking an idea and conceptualizing a film out of it. Because, you know, Hollywood's run out of ideas. We might as well give them some good ones. Yeah, and as two, yeah, two, you know, seasoned college graduates, uh, masters of theater and film, uh, I'd say there's no one more qualified to help sort of reinvigorate uh, the film industry right now. You know, we're in a new era. New era. It's video on demand. Trolls World Tour has changed (laughs) the face of Hollywood. Isn't that a thing? Trolls World Tour. (laughs) Trolls World world. Tour was the last of the pygmies that finally brought down the Oliphants that are AMC and Regal. If anyone's wondering, yes, we did spend $20 to watch Trolls 2 at home in the comfort of our living room. Yeah, so I hope video on demand perishes uh, after that experience. (laughs) But... (sighs) So basically how this process works is we take an idea and we both agree on our subject. Uh, It can be like a video game turning it into a movie, a toy turning into a movie. Something gets turned into a film whether it be an addition into a franchise or maybe just a whole new story in general. We create it. We both come up with an idea for an outline that lists an easy way for us to basically come up with the same type of ideas. Then separately, we both fill out that outline, conceptualize our films, and then comes the best part, where together we call up somebody or maybe get them in here. Who knows how we're going to do this? But... We pitch our idea for our film to someone and get their feedback on it. That's kind of our our step-by-step process right there and how this is going to be done. Our first one is finally, we're going to wrap up the Paul Blart Mall Cop trilogy by making a third. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I guess my question is why. (laughs) Why we had to do this one. Why we had to start with this one. Hey, bud. I got an easy answer for you. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the reason we're starting with this one is because I came up with the brilliant title of this episode, which is <sighs> Off to a Good Blart. Fuck's sake. <laughs> so good. That's right, baby. The name came first, the idea came second. So. Uh, fuck Paul Blart, by the way, man. I, so I needed, I had trouble, like, getting in the right headspace for this episode, and so I realized I was going to have to watch Paul Blart for the fourth time, and I did. And it fucking sucks, dude. Like, I want to know, so I know you rewatched them for this, sort of, what was your sort of headspace that you went through? I mean, I would, as a joke, tell you to pause the podcast and then go watch Paul Blart 1 and 2 and then come back. Don't do that. Don't ever, 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 ever watch Paul Blart Mall Cop 1 and or 2. Um, But we did, so you don't have to, and so we're sort of gonna, I guess we should sort of go through the films just to sort of give you an idea where we're coming from when we, uh pitch you and sort of figure out what the end of this trilogy is going to look like so i watched paul blart mall cop one and two back to back one night Uh, i work at a hotel uh overnight and my job is just to basically sit in the hotel and watch it and make sure it doesn't burn down for eight hours it's pretty chill because it's like closed for some reason yeah it's closed you know for uh, unknown reasons (laughs) and so i have a lot of free time so i decided after coming up with this idea texting harry basically pitching this us agreeing to do it i was like well all right it's time to dive right in <laughs> um <laughs> and i watched paul blart mall cop one and two. Oh man and it was some 
something. Um, definitely surreal is a word to describe my experience. I felt out of body. I okay. did not did not process time normally because it it moved at a snail's pace. Watching two films, each about an hour and a half long, <laughs> three hours of Blart. Yeah. The Blart double feature. <laughs> See that at a drive-in? <laughs> I'd fucking love to do some necking to Paul Blart Mall Cop 1 and 2, dude. And you and I could both tear apart Paul Blart Mall Cop as a character, as a film, as an idea in general, just for days. But to sum up my thoughts, I think the idea came and then they made a movie around it. Maybe someone did a funny bit where they pretended to be a mall cop and, like, Kevin James and Adam Sandler were hanging out. And How do you just think? Like, oh, 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 look at me, I'm, I'm fat. And Adam Sandler's just like, dude, that make a good movie. And he's just like, yeah. And then they <laughs> did it. Because they're millionaires. Yeah. yeah. Did you know this was the first... Paul Bart Mall Cop 1 was the first January movie to make over $100 million. I hate that fact. <laughs> I hate it a lot. It's really bad. I'll sort of give my thoughts on the Paul Blart series. Um, I guess we should be clear that me and Dalton, I I would say it's safe to say are both Blart heads for life. Yeah. Um, And uh, so I've seen the Paul Blart films four times a piece, I would say. And um, this watch through, my main, I felt really angry, like the whole time. Like the whole time I was really mad. Mm -hmm. Like I was mad at what I was seeing. I was mad at Kevin James and Adam Sandler for making it. I was mad at how much money it made. And I was mad at myself for watching it for a fourth time. So kind of just anger through the whole experience. Yeah, I was really, really pissed off. Um, And so that's sort of the vibe that I had when I was sort of thinking about, you know, what kind of story I want to tell for the third chapter of this saga. So I guess we're going to sort of go take, we're going to hold your hands, listeners. We're going to hold your hands. We're going to take you on a walk through the first two Paul Blart movies so that you don't have to experience them. You can live vicariously through us. And I guess I'll take the, the first one. Yeah, sure, bud. You go ahead and dive right in there. First, I'm going to say, actually, literally the first 40 minutes of this fucking movie are a really slow burn. It's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> You're just sort of, the film's just sort of easing you in to what it's like to be the man, Paul Blart. And it's not good, folks. No. When um, I first watched <laughs> this, uh, whenever I did, my, I did my double feature, I remembered when I first saw the film that the mall heist, so to speak, you know, was like, it took up the entire film. That's what I remember. Mm-hmm. I was sorely mistaken. It's like, it's 40 minutes in. 40 minutes. Before the heist. The plot doesn't Before the start. main plot. Whatever you read on the back of the stupid DVD case, it, it's not. No, that's 40 minutes in. Yeah, the first act of the movie is 40 minutes. The second act is about 45 minutes. And the third act is about five minutes long. It's insane. Um, you learn... Sort of a little bit about Paul. You, one of the first things you learn is that he was uh, his daughter Maya is Hispanic, and the first thing you learn about him in a throwaway line is that he was married to a, a Hispanic woman for years, and as soon as she got her green card, she divorced Paul Blart and left her with this as a single father to raise her daughter, and she fucking ditches him. And that's sort of. <laughs> 
tone is people fucking hate Paul Blart. Oh, they and he's just and he's like a good natured guy most of the time. He's like it's it's sort of like his heart's in the right place kind of thing, but you know, he doesn't have He's not that good looking. He doesn't have a lot of great social skills. But he, like, takes his job really seriously. And people shit on him for it. Like, every other security guard there just shits on him all the time for taking his job seriously and for trying to, to you know, maintain order at this mall. He's really depressed. He's at work the next day, Black Friday. And then he sort of takes a cool break. He takes a cool break yeah, on because, on Black Friday because he was feeling sad, and his like friend who owns the arcade, I guess, in the mall, is just like, "Hey, go take a break, Paul. Like, relax. I'll lock it up. It's fine. <laughs> just go have fun on Black Friday, the busiest shopping day of the year." Yeah. Which he does mention several times. Yeah, in the movie before this scene. Yeah. So he goes. And he starts playing Guitar Hero yeah. in a nice, good scene. And that's how he kind of, like, gets stuck inside the mall after everyone's already been evacuated from it. Yeah. Uh, Paul Blart's trainee is revealed to be the mastermind of this whole organization. And then now, 40 minutes in, the plot of the movie starts. Uh, Blart's love interest is being held hostage with a few other people. Uh, Blart is alone in the mall. There's X Games dr- dropouts trying to steal credit card numbers from machines. That's the movie. And then somehow, Paul Blart becomes a killer, I would say. Yeah, you know, from here I, on I don't out. Know, it gets yeah. messy here. It's from, really kind of a blur. From here on out, right? ba- basically the way to summarize it, summarize the entire like heist experience, is yeah. it's Die Hard. It's Die Hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kevin James is Bruce Willis. Yeah. but And it's so crazy. And, and here's the thing. It's not like a parody of Die Hard. No, it's, no, it's ripping not, off Die Hard. It's just ripping off. It's Die Hard, but shitty. But like the comedic scenes and the action scenes never intersect, right? Like there's scenes where like Kevin James is obviously just wants to be cool, like Bruce Willis. Like when he fucking bl- like makes an IED and blows up a restaurant with like five people inside it. It's insane. Those people are dead. Those people are dead. <laughs> Those the people dude are dead. he beats someone into unconsciousness with the door of a tanning bed and then locks them inside the tanning bed and turns it on batman's gonna die (laughs) a slow death from skin cancer his whole fucking body is gonna get skin cancer and he's gonna die paul blart commits a lot of crimes in that film and they're all excused because they're like he's the security officer he's saving everybody and he's just awful yeah blart proposes his love to the love interest um briefly very briefly later unclear how long they're getting married married in the mall in the mall and uh that's where the first film leaves off well as an experience of watching the first and second literally back to back like i had no breaks just maybe two minutes to find the other film after i watched the first one uh it starts off with paul blart and the girl from the first one getting a divorce (laughs) they get a divorce he has a nice you know, monologue about uh, moving on, it's okay. And he's like, at least I still have my mom. And then his mom gets hit by a milk truck. (laughs) And dies. Does she, like, lean down to talk to a puppy or something? Yep, she leans down and just gets mowed. (laughs) Mowed over. By a big-ass milk truck. It's extremely violent. It's insane. And you're supposed to take it as a comedic thing. Yeah. 
you just feel sad. It's honestly really shocking. It's jarring. So with that established, basically undoing everything good that happened to Blart in the first yeah. film, we move into the second film. And the biggest difference I can tell you from the first and second film is the man himself. Paul Blart is a completely different character. <laughs> He's broken. In the first one, <laughs> he is that typical shy, nerdy, uh, he's the guy who's misunderstood. He's just trying to do the right thing. He's somewhat lovable, but he's still an idiot in some yeah. kind of ways. But in the end, he's still able to save the day and get the girl. In this one, he starts off by having his entire world crumble beneath him. <laughs> that somehow turns him into the biggest ass that ever lived. Well, here, not somehow. The, the screenwriters took a look at, you know, what would happen to a man who has lost everything. <laughs> not that! <laughs> you don't gain confidence after going through oh, true. horrid, the yeah, horrid true. circumstances. True. And there's like a B-plot throughout the film, because I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm going to skip through a lot of this, because it's just a lot of filler. There's a lot of things that happen in this film, lots of pieces that, don't really fit together. Yeah. So the basic the plot, synopsis. the basic plot is that Paul Blart is invited to go to the security conference where there's a whole bunch of security guards and they have a whole expo where they're releasing new stuff, whatever. Yeah. And there's security like a whole speech, tech. a whole like keynote speaker thing, blah blah blah. And while he's at this hotel, the hotel ends up having like a huge robbery go down, and we once again repeat kind of the the same plot of Paul Blart taking down the bad guys one at a time in a diehardish scenario. Except this time, he's in a fully populated hotel, not alone. It's crazy. And there are, uh, you would say, higher stakes, I guess, because in this one, it actually looks like something may get stolen, other than you know, codes. Out of a register that can somehow give people credit card Everyone's information, credit card information, which doesn't exist. But no. in this one, they're mostly stealing art. They're stealing art, like Van Gogh's. Yeah, so shit. you can kind of see. There's also, it's very unclear how this hotel works. It is in Vegas, so. Yeah, it's the Wynn Resort, a yeah, real the, hotel. The Wynn Resort in Vegas, so I don't really know how it's laid out. Never been to Vegas, but it's huge. It's got a mall in it on its own. Yeah. Surprisingly, yeah. almost no scenes take place in this mall. <laughs> He, like, steals a drone from there, right? Yeah. He really, buys one. He, buys he puts it, yeah. it on his room. He's not really the mall cop in this one. He's just kind of just on vacation. The thing that made me... I wouldn't say root for him in the first one. But the thing that made me be like, okay, okay I'll deal with you, was that lovable naivety yeah, of himself. Yeah. In this one, he has the confidence of a fucking Olympic athlete, and it makes no sense. He's mean. He's... So mean to so many people, especially his daughter. His daughter. There's a nice B-plot where his daughter got accepted to college, and Paul Blart, basically after losing everyone in his life, is just like, well, we still always have you. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. And so she and doesn't know She doesn't want to move away. Yeah. She doesn't, she, doesn't, she doesn't want to break that bond. And so throughout the entire film, she got accepted to, is it UCLA? It's like UC Berkeley or something. It's, it's, it's or UC, UC Berkeley or something. One yeah. of those. It's like one a of those. good college in She got accepted California. to it. She doesn't want to tell her dad. And they go back and forth. Eventually, it all erupts, and you know, stuff happens. But yeah, he when he first arrives, her, uh, he body shames his daughter for wearing a one-piece swimsuit. A one-piece swimsuit, which shows nothing. <laughs> Any, ugh, it's disgusting. And so the biggest thing that I hated him for was there's this woman who's like a concierge at the hotel, and she <laughs> simply goes up and she says like, "Hey, I'm really sorry. There was some big mix-up. We fixed it." 
here you go. I work at a hotel. I do this for a living. That is what you do. You approach a guest. You apologize. You say, hey, I'm sorry this happened. Here's what I'm doing to help you. If you just simply apologize, guests usually get pissed off. So you want to throw in something you've done for them. You want to make them feel special. And that's exactly what she did. And Paul Blart's response is, whoa, whoa, lady, all right, I see what's going on here. God. Uh, whew, I just got to tell you, I'm flattered, but it's never going to happen between you and me. This woman is a stone-cold fox. I'm talking yeah. 10 out of yeah. 10. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And Kevin James is just going, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I am just, I can't do this. I'm, I'm very flattered but it's never going to happen between <laughs> us. And it's a joke that happens throughout the entire film. Yeah. And it wouldn't be so bad if the stupid, stupid script writer <laughs> didn't make her actually fall for him. <laughs> it's so bad, dude. She falls for him oh, God. purely for the fact that he rejects her, <laughs> and it's disgusting. So that's my worst thing i hate about him in the first one he's just like i can't speak to girls and in, in the next one he's just like oh yeah bitch get out of the way i don't need you in my life i'm paul blart motherfucker yeah, yeah no that's yeah. just not that's not hmm that's not yeah. cohesive screenwriting and i hate it i hate it so no. much oh well there's, there's no fucking consistent like the the blart it's not consistent the blart animal is very inconsistent he's like in one minute he is a bumbling buffoon mm -hmm. and in the next minute he's john mcclain it's insane. Like, there's no crossover between the two of them. It's insane. But in this one, they make it very clear that he doesn't kill anybody. And actually, maybe that was a complaint. Maybe someone complained that Poblar <laughs> was too violent in the first one. You don't one. see any deaths in the first one, but they're deaths. And they make it very clear in the second one, these are non-lethal methods of security enforcement. Yes. And I think, I'm, I'm not kidding, I think someone complained about it. Someone probably did, and they were like, yeah, you know, we might want to tone it down for this one. So make it clear, yeah. we got beanbag guns, we got the stupid marble thing that spurs them on the floor Jesus to make Christ. people trip. We got a goo cannon, straight out of fucking Half-Life for some Prey? reason. It doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, we have all these methods that are non-deadly, and actually all the people he took out do come back in the end. Yeah. So... They're all fine. Uh, so we go to the plot. You know, I'm sure you can guess where it goes from here. The heist starts going down. Paul Blart is there. He does his stupid Blart jokes all over the place. <laughs> we keep cutting back and forth to him rejecting this woman who's not hitting on him until eventually she actually is hitting on him. Yep. And then he saves the day. He stops everything. Yep. His daughter gets kidnapped. His daughter gets kidnapped. He stop. They make up. He's, you know, he saves everyone. And then at the end, he actually has, like, a love interest, I guess. There's, like, a scene where this woman's on a horse. And she's, oh, like, yeah. she's like, a police cop on a horse. And <laughs> he, he does yeah, get he moves. Yeah, it's important. He, it ends with, he gets a huge, like, check from the, yeah. the after he saves the art, the owner of the, the resort cuts him, like, a huge check. Mm -hmm. A check which he uses to, um, follow, basically follow his daughter to, he, I think the implication is he moves to... California. Really? Right? I, I would assume. Is is that the implication? I thought I it was like so, I thought like, it was well, him why, running him. Well, like why else would he get like the cops number, right? Or like that to me that was like he's here to stay. Like he's going to move and that's Isn't he still in Vegas? At that scene? No, it's after he's dropped her off to college. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, there's a time jump. Yeah, there's a. Man, I must have really just been out of it. Your brain probably really was functioning on like 30% by the time you get to the end of the second Paul Blart movie. Gosh. But yeah, Paul Blart uses the money to move to California so Mm -hmm. he can be close to his daughter. Back to you. Gotcha. Okay, so that's where we leave off on the second one. Now, Harry, uh, if you want to go ahead and just read through the basic uh points of our outline we okay. have and we can start going through and we can start pitching bud okay so well i guess we should talk about what we learned from these films right okay like talk about what the i guess what these films share these are what we call blartisms in the biz um that we've sort of gleamed from our watches and our knowledge of these two movies and stuff that we're going to try to incorporate into paul blart three because we feel that it's integral to like this universe indeed okay so sort of every film starts with an introduction to where he is in life i don't think that's necessarily special to the blart world but Mm -hmm. it's you know there's been there's big time jumps between the first and second so i'm assuming there's going to be another one for this one yeah uh chekhov's guns um sort of lots of instances in these movies where something is set up like you'll see you know you'll hear villains say that <laughs> there's a great moment in paul flart 2 where someone's eating a cookie and the main bad guy says what what is that oatmeal are you crazy you know i'm allergic to oatmeal and then instead of throwing it away the security guard throws it from the 30th floor balcony <laughs> and then later paul Blart defeats this villain because maya or because Blart has oatmeal sunscreen. No, Maya had it. Maya, Maya had an oatmeal like sunscreen. Oh, like cons- yeah, yeah. yeah, it, yeah it was yeah. like a lotion thing, and she rubs yeah. it on his face. Yeah. And that makes him break out, and that gives yeah. Blart the chance to take him out. Yeah. So all sorts of stuff like that. Um, well, um, also, I guess we should probably mention what a Chekhov's gun is. Uh, it's okay. basically a. It's a. I guess you could say it, call it a tactic or a tool in film where basically if you show an item in the first act it has to be used or come up again in the third act right is that how it's defined yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah basically. it's like so if someone if you see a gun if you see a gun in the and on a table or, or whatever it needs to be shot yeah. at some point or yeah. used in some way yeah. because you shouldn't just focus on items for no reason yeah, yeah it helps make more cohesive and consistent filmmaking yeah so that's what a Chekhov's gun is yep i hope that's what it is because i'm not looking it up nope Huh. Red herring slash twist. Yeah. Now, red. Her- I'm gonna let you field this one. So when I filled this one out, there were there's definitely like instances of red herrings and twists going on. Basically, I combined them together because I didn't see. I can't think of a red herring in Paul Blart one. Yeah. Uh, but like the twist is that you know Vec was behind oh. it all. And then the other twist is that the SWAT guy was also in on it. Yeah. For some reason. And so they kind of throw that in there. And I guess, I guess it may be like, you wouldn't consider it a red herring. But in the second one, there is a clear red herring. There's the main security guy at the hotel at the Wynn Resort. He is like an ass to Paul the whole time. Big jerk. And he's clearly he's super like, hot. He's dating yeah. the, the woman who Paul Blart clearly. thinks he's in love clearly they want you to think that he's behind it all and they even have the they even have the bad guys go like we have a guy on the inside yeah yeah to give you that extra push but if you've ever seen any film ever in existence you would never believe it was him never (laughs) not for a second because it's like not it's like barely a red herring 
because like I mean I guess it is a red herring but it doesn't turn out to be something else Mm -hmm. it's just the guy you've seen the bad guy the whole time next one's important blood sugar scene blood sugar scene oh my god I can't believe we didn't talk about vital (laughs) it's not bad because we need to talk about him here great because I do have one that I'm very happy with yeah I'll let you take the one for the second one because it's the basically it's so great the blood sugar scene in the first one is is funny ha 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 in the second one we should explain what the blood sugar scene is yeah because they're the same scene you should yeah so so it's okay thank you it's established that he has hypoglycemia and so in both movies uh, i'll take the one from the first one there's a scene where he's talking on the phone to the main villain like about the hostages and it's a big it's like yeah i'm gonna i'm coming for you i'm taking out your henchman you're next and then like mid-conversation his like speech will slur and then he'll like collapse unconscious and the bad guy will go like what what? hello hello that sort of thing and paul blart will have to look around for a source of sugar to spike his blood sugar it's so medically inaccurate it's so because it's like in the first one he like fall he's in the security office and he falls down and he looks and he sees like an opened blow pop underneath one of the desks just a lollipop and so he grabs it and he eats this gross floor lollipop covered in dust and it's funny because it's gross and he's eating it and he's making an ugh face and then uh then he like gets back up because the blood sugar instantly spikes yeah we're talking mere second like milliseconds yeah second he's back he jumps back up like popeye and (laughs) and hops on the phone and then he's like yeah yeah we're gonna kick your ass and in the second one oh it's um, fucking good it's definitely the be- the better it's one fucking by good. far. And the second one, he once again falls. He's in pursuit. He falls down, and he's just trying to crawl his way, looking for some sugar. And the only available one is a baby's holding like an ice cream cone, <laughs> and it's dripping because it's melting onto the ground. And you get a nice overhead shot of Paul Blart opening his mouth. Moving his tongue around, getting yeah. this ice cream that's dripping on his face. Yeah, it's 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 a it's very it's, it's, it's highly very sexual. sexual. It's very yeah, sexual. You, there's, there's no way, no way around, around it. it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's super sexual. Highly sexual. It makes me die inside every time <laughs> I see it. And um, that's how he bounces back. Yeah. So of course, in our third iterations of the Blood franchise, we have to have a scene. Yeah, gotta be a Blood. You have to have it. What do you got next? Uh, security rival. Security rival. Yeah. There's always one. In the first one, it's definitely the SWAT guy who, like, bullied Blart in high school or something. Because apparently everybody knows everybody in this stupid fucking town. Yeah. But he bullied Blart in high school, and he's trying to take control of the whole operation. But Blart's really the man in charge here. So he's the security rival. In the second one, it's once again the guy who's actually the security person for the Wind Resort. The one who works there. Yeah, the one who actually works there. (laughs) There's always a security rival. What do you got next? Uh, being shitty to women. That, and that is bolded yeah. and underlined in my yeah. outline. Um, it's there. There's not really a way for us to write, like, full scenes. I just want to give, oh, like, a quick full snippets. There's no, a I'm saying, like, for us to write them. Yeah. In that aspect, I give, like, instances of when it could happen. Yeah. And everything. Because it's all over Pop Art 1 and 2. Yeah. I think we should highlight the scene at the bar from Paul Blart 2 so people know what we're talking about. Uh, I'll let you take that one, bud. Okay. <laughs> you grab the reins on this one. Paul Blart goes to this bar and, like, there's another security guard who is a dickhead to him earlier. And he is, like, wasted at this bar. Uh, 
hour, like an hour before he's supposed to give this big speech. And he's so drunk he can barely talk. And he's hitting on this woman, and who, Jackie Sandler. And he is extremely drunk and is basically harassing her. And she is obviously, like, not into it. She's verbally telling him, like, go away. Leave me alone. This is not going to happen. And Paul Blart comes over. He's like, ooh, officer. Officer in trouble. And then he goes over. And you think he's going to, you know, take this man make this man stop harassing this woman because this man was fucking awful to him mere hours ago. But Blart goes up to this woman and basically like, hey, maybe you shouldn't judge a book by this cover, huh? Maybe you should give him a chance. And then she relents. And she's like, yeah, maybe I should give this drunk asshole a chance. And then he passes out and the scene's over. But basically that's how the Paul Blart movie sort of treats, you know, women it's the wrong way of trying to portray the message of you know don't judge a book by its cover always give everyone a fair shot because sometimes you don't (laughs) if you're sitting in a bar and a guy's like hey babe what are you gonna fuck you shouldn't be like no uh, go away you should be like maybe you give a chance no not at all um anyway so that's the last of the blart isms all right so now that we've gone through and we've explained basically the plots of Paul Blart Mall Cop 1 and 2 and our general thoughts on the things and our uh, we've, we've, we've gone through the outline and talked about it, I think it's time we actually pitch our ideas, bud. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Oh, right. wait, okay. So one real quick on the count of three. On uh, three. Yeah. Uh, one, two, three. Rip. So we'll do. Okay. okay. One, two, three. Ooh. Oh, Chris. <laughs> Babe. Right there. We're back. Beautiful. Uh, we took a slight break. All right, folks. To go and gather our guest for our third phase, which yeah. is where we both pitched our ideas for Paul Blart Mall Cop Three, and now it's time for us. To pitch again. We got to get funding. We got to figure out whose idea is better. Who wins in this competition? I guess. (laughs) We do have a third person here now with us. Our our special guest, so to speak. Our wonderful graphic designer of our beautiful, beautiful logo that you all are seeing. And love Currently, at this moment, is by the wonderful Harley Dublow. Hi. Yeah, let's, let's get a little clap. Thanks for applauding me. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to Take Fun. Uh, how you feeling? She's like, I don't have a choice. Like, I'm in prison. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's pretty accurate. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty fair. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I guess how this is going to work is we're, yeah, sort of going to give our ideas to you. And if you have any questions, you know, you can sort of question us, drill us on it. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to pick, of the two, which one would you green light? Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. okay. You're going to say, okay, which one gets Like, which the one money? am I putting money? Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Which, which is getting made. Okay. And so, yeah, that's the that's the sitch. If you got, you got any questions? No. 
All right, perfect. Excellent. I mean, it's so straightforward. Uh, I think I gave my idea first, so I think Dalton yeah. is going to give the first. I typed uh, up uh, on our brief little break we had. I typed up a quick plot summary of my idea for a film, okay. and I do want you to ask questions. Okay. If you have any questions, please. I will sure definitely ask. have questions. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is my quick plot summary. Eleven years have passed since Paul Blart committed his acts of heroism, and though he was once beloved as a hero, his fame has faded to nothing. So he jumps at the chance to work at the newly opened Aquarius Resort, where he discovers his new job is to be an entertainer, while an AI system known as Sal, Security Alert Limitless, is in charge of all matters of security. At first, he has a rivalry with Sal, but after a group of thieves break in and try to steal billions of dollars, Sal and Paul have to team up to save the resort. So, why is he an entertainer and not a cop? So basically, how I did this is <laughs> in Hollywood, you know we have, uh, in, in Hollywood there are people who stand on the side of the road, there's, um, I forget what, what's it called, the Walk of Fame, that's what it's called, uh-huh. and they're dressed up like Marilyn Monroe, you have Elvis Presley, famous people, right. so on and so forth, who people take pictures with, and right. goof around and all that. That's basically what Paul's doing. Oh, who's he he's, dressing up as? He's himself, because oh, he's an icon at this point, okay. he's famous. He's known, but he's also an idiot, and they know it. And so, you know, kids are making fun of him. They're throwing shit at him. Lots of fat jokes. Lots of fat okay. jokes mm. everywhere. So Paul is reduced to being an entertainer now instead of a mall cop. And that causes a lot of issues <laughs> because now this, this AI system is taken over. And there's lots of good scenes where Paul's trying to one-up the AI, but the AI wins every time because, you know, computers rule over humans. That's, that's a rule. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a rule it's a rule now my blood sugar scene that i came up with okay uh i have in like special scenes all it says is blurt needs to do something with a walrus <laughs> because this is underwater <laughs> blurt's a big boy a walrus is a big boy oh my god <laughs> okay there's got to be something there i'm not sure what but something. But for my blood sugar scene, I wanted it implied, I guess you could also call it a Chekhov's gun, is that this walrus loves to eat snow cones, okay? And so you see a woman who's working in the aquarium part feeding feeding this walrus snow cones. Well, Blart, he's on the chase, he's God, on the run, yes. he falls, and he sees that the snow cone is about to be eaten by the walrus, so he goes to climb over, but as he's about to get a bite, the walrus gets it, but he sees that it's still on the walrus's mouth. And so Blart full-on wraps himself around and basically makes out with the walrus. That's it, baby. Now, can't you picture Kevin James doing that? <laughs> Fuck. Oh, my God, dude. Oh, my God. So that's basically that. I did have, he has a love interest, uh, Sal's creator, who's a super, like, nerdy girl who's, who has developed the entire uh, Sal system. He at first hates her, and then they grow to, like, have a, you know, will they, won't they, uh-uh type thing that I said. Uh, and she doesn't understand that, like, security is best, best used for people. People are the best security, not a robot. So... He's an entertainer, mm-hmm. for but he's himself. Yes. Okay. So eleven years. So what's yeah. the, what's the sitch? Is he so he's still in California? 
is his daughter? No, so his daughter's not in this film. Okay. I wrote her out of it. Okay. Uh, I thought briefly, actually, to bring back the mom from the oh. very beginning. Oh, the immigrant mom? To bring in the immigrant mom. I thought sure. about it. With all the green card jokes. Yeah, but I couldn't. I, I, I'm familiar. I, I just couldn't figure out a way to do it. Uh-huh. Effectively, that would make sense. So I wrote the daughter out of it. She's married, actually. She's far away. Paul's truly alone. That's why he's so <laughs> eager to move all the way to wherever this Aquarius resort is. I'm estimating another country. Wow. Yeah, okay. like he's moving wow. far away. Wow. Okay. Another right. country entirely. Did she marry the guy from the second one? What was his name? Lane? Was his way sure. Place? Okay. Let's, let's throw it in there. Lane's, yeah. Lane's her husband. Chicken chow lane. Chicken chow lane. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a callback that. for Paul Blart 2 fans. <laughs> both of you shouting chicken <laughs> chow lane from both sides of me. I got one in each ear. <laughs> I don't like being in the middle. This is really stressing me out. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, kind of. It's actually kind of symbolic of how Paul Blart is stuck in the middle of a growing age. <laughs> calling me Paul Blart. <laughs> my film is the rivalry between you know like man and machine but ultimately you know paul proves that people are better like the machine can do all at once but the the uh ai system known as sal actually gets compromised and so because of that he loses control of the entire resort so he has to rely on blart to help him take it back if it was just the ai system the money would have been gone a long time ago so, so Blart is really the key into taking back the resort and gotcha. saving the day. Okay. Yeah, and, and that's kind of the main message there. Okay, what is your uh, title for this third film? So the Paul Blart films don't have titles. They're Paul Blart one, Mall Cop 1, one Paul Blart one, Mall Cop two. 2, and Paul Blart Mall Cop 3 is this one. But they do have taglines. Okay. And the first tagline is, security never takes a holiday. The second one... <laughs> Is always bet on Blart. Fucking good. <laughs> and mine is, you can take the cop out of the mall, but you can't take the mall out of the cop. Oh, that's powerful. Yeah, right. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah, so that's really okay. Good. That's that's really my that's my pitch there. Uh, oh. Paul Blart teams up with an AI. I'm digging to save it. The it's day. very it, it's very you know 21st century. Mm-hmm. I like it. Very modern. Now, a, um, a key scene I did have that I do do love a lot is Paul Blart is a big fan of the segways, as you know. Of course. As someone who's seen the Paul Blart films. Uh, yeah, huh? Uh, he loves the segways. The segway he gets whenever he gets to this resort is actually, like, broken, and it's, like, more used as a prop than anything, so it can't actually run. Well, Sal actually gets inputted into the segway. So Sal is in the segway, <laughs> and Paul Blart is riding. And that's how their ultimate team up into the climax. That's really good. That's good. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, it's really good. That's a film I would watch. Well, there you go. Wow. Wow, that's Shit. a big strong endorsement. Yeah. Ooh, fuck. I don't know Ooh. how you're going to... You sweating over there? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to top the, the team-up scene. That was what really sold it to me, I think. That's really Damn. good. All right. So, so you better think of a good team-up scene. Okay. Do you have anything else for me? I don't think so. I think, all right. I think that covered all the ground. All right, good. All right. Well, in that case, my pitch is done.
So I get, I so it's me now. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's your turn, bud. So it's me now. I stepping do the, up. I do the. I'm the one who pitch. Yeah. So breaking Bad reference. Good reference, dude. To pitch, I'm the one who pitches. Um. So <sighs> anyway, fuck. Okay. So I went. So tonally, mine is very different from. Okay. Uh, from Dalton's. Okay. Uh, might I say amateurish pitch? <laughs> we may have six feet apart with this table, and I'm gonna fucking clear it in a second. <laughs> oh, fucking God. Okay, so mine takes place this year, actually, 2020. Okay. Paul Blart is out of work because of the global pandemic. You know, uh, right. uh, malls, hotels, basically shut down, non-existent. Um, he starts the film with nothing. His turn to the the bottom of the bottle, you know, that's the uh-huh. only place where he can find solace. And his daughter Maya, who's graduated and has uh, gone on to be a medical student at this point, okay, uh, she gets him a job, sort of like uh, basically helping escort, physically move patients through the hospital, loading them onto you know gurneys, mm-hmm. uh, pushing them around in wheelchairs, uh, that kind of thing, hoping to sort of you know give him some meaning to his life, give him a new <laughs> perspective, and so uh, working th- in the hospital, he uncovers. A, a plot where uh, hospital staff are uh, selling uh, essential uh, medical supplies and PPE out the back door. He gets caught as a witness. Shenanigans ensue. He's on the run from these money-grubbing nurses. That's it. Eventually his daughter <laughs> finds out. I mean, this is your classic Blart story. Right. His daughter right. finds out about the plot. She's in danger too now. The stakes are raised. The whole thing takes place in a hospital. I'm uh-huh. going to really lean into the... Di- I don't think the first one leaned into the Die Hard enough. This is a much grittier... Um, version of Grittier Blart. version. I mean, Paul Blart is totally a broken man at this point. Oh, I'm talking on-screen deaths. <laughs> <laughs> he kills... No, Don't get it twisted. He kills probably six people in the first movie. You just don't see it. I mean, he's killing people. Yeah, but they're definitely dead. They're definitely dead, but I'm talking, he's killing nurses with surgical tools. He blows up an oxygen tank, blows up a whole wing of the hospital. Maybe there's patients in it. I don't know. <laughs> he's trying to save his daughter. I mean, this he takes battle damage. Like, I, I, he might not, like, he might not make it out of this one. This might be the only way to end the Paul Blart. And that's what I think gives this strength, is this is the way to end the Blart universe once and for all. So, oh. So I like that, I like that Maya is included because she seems like a staple in the first two. Like the, yes. Like you said, like stakes are raised. But okay. I like I like the AI too. Okay, well but this isn't a criticism section so I question, <laughs> so you know. Maybe I'm sorry, Holly. Can maybe you please repeat that for me? If we can keep it on my, if we can keep it on my thing, okay, okay, I want to repeat that. If we can keep it on my thing, I want to get you to repeat that that, uh, so, that so compliment Blart, I just got. Paul Blart dies at the end of this one. Yes, I'm gonna say hard okay. And is it like graphic? Um. Yeah, I don't think he like dies like suddenly. I think there's probably a thing where he gets wounded and oh, then it's he like saves a slow the day. And agonizing death. Yeah, or, well, he like gets wounded and then his daughter has a chance to like have the last word. He gets to sort of atone. Because I'm thinking also like throughout the movie, you know, he's always been kind of okay. demeaning to her. And in this, I think she has a boyfriend who's a nurse. 
But because that's typically a female profession, I think he is belittling her, belittling him, doesn't have a lot of faith in him. And I think through the movie, the classic Paul Blart red herring, he thinks the nurse boyfriend is in on the scheme, but he's actually like really, he's a good guy. He's trying to help Blart. And so every time he tries to help Blart, Blart like attacks him or like tries to get away from him. And so... (laughs) he finally thing. he finally gets the chance at the end to sort of like atone for what to like find peace with himself and have this like final goodbye to Maya where he tells her you know how proud that he is of her and the, the good like whole person that she has become you know a family picture but so so Blart dies Maya's a medical student does Maya ever like forgive herself for letting her father die I'm going to say like, it was a grievous one. Okay. Let's say it's like he... I mean, let's say like... Like there was nothing she could have done. Nothing she could have okay. Let's say he gets, you know... Maybe he gets infected with like a like some sort of bioweapon and he like locks himself in a way in a chamber and blows it up. And they say goodbye through like the wall or oh! something. Oh! Through like a clear like okay. plexiglass wall. And then it blows okay. up. Oh my gosh. Fucking rules. Oh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so so this takes place after Maya graduated? Yes. Okay. So it's pretty but it's to, it's this year. Yes. Okay. It could be next year depending on how cool things go <laughs> for, <laughs> for real life. But I wanted this film to be very I mean, you know, obviously like the, what's going on now has put me in a very specific headspace. So for the insulin, oh yeah, this is the, so for the, um, shit, I don't know if you've ever seen Logan. Um, I have. So, you know how normally there's a scene where his blood sugar gets real low and he has to eat candy or whatever? Uh I'm saying he takes insulin, goes like full rage. It's pretty good. It's a fucking like power, he just goes fucking feral like Wolverine at the end of Logan. Just tearing shit, just like throwing nurses, like putting them into like filing cabinets and they fall down and the cabinet's like dented and there's like their head blood on the cabinet. Pretty good. Kick someone out a window. <laughs> Gotta admit that's rad. Yeah, he's just—he's like feral, and he—and um, yeah, and that's how he takes the battle damage that eventually culminates in his death, and he like sacrifices himself basically. Um, so that's my pitch. You got any questions? Um, um, I don't think I have any questions, but I'm like stuck. Hmm. If you need some time to think, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, we can take time. Cause. I like them both because both of them depict Blart in a different manner, which is what they did with the second one. Mm-hmm. Like he's a like like you said, like he's a totally different person from the first one. Like he's more hardened, and in both of these versions, he sounds way more hardened because in yours he lost everything, and in yours he also lost everything, yeah, but in yeah. a different. All right, Harley, you have to decide which Blart film is your favorite. <laughs> Which one will you fund? Paul Blart Mall Cop 3, written by Harry Smith. Or Paul Blart Mall Cop 3, written by Dalton Graves. (laughs) (laughs) The time to decide is now. Oh, God. So, Harry, I feel like you... I feel like you gave me more material, like more meat to work with. Mm. But I also feel, and I also feel, this is both good and bad, that it like sticks with like 
the, the previous two parts of the Blart saga. Mm. Like, you know, the same, like, the same material, like, you know, daughter gets in trouble, like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, God, it raises, yeah. the, you know, Blart doesn't have anything, like, he's a broken man. And Dalton, you didn't give me as as much meat to work with, but yours has a lot of potential. Oh, I got more meat He's if you want meat. it. You've got more meat. I've got more yeah. meat if you want it. Give me, yeah, <laughs> give me the meat, dude. <laughs> Do you want to know the big twist? Yeah. All right. What's the twist? So, <laughs> Poblar believes, whenever everything goes down, basically the. AI system also has these roving robots around the entire resort area. And they take care of everything. They work as security. Sal has control of all of them. Suddenly, they start going amok. They start, you know, attacking people, doing all this. No one dies or anything, or no, and no one gets, like, seriously hurt or anything. It's just, like, lots of goofs and everything. They inconvenience people. And so, Blart believes that Sal's behind it all. Okay. But he finds out that Sal was actually kicked out and overrun and so sal had to retreat somewhere else and that's how he meets blart they talk they finally you know get to that camaraderie stage but the big twist is that the people behind everything are actually security officers just like blart because sal is a full-on automatic security system that's being tested and if this run goes well it'll be distributed worldwide and so blart has to choose between doing what's right and sticking with his people and in the end he does what's right and he has this big medal that he's won god damn it he he got this big medal because of all of his heroic deeds and he loves it he cherishes it it's a big thing throughout the film he never takes it off well in the end it's made of a material that's able to actually short circuit the whole system and save everyone so i have a little scene written out here And it goes something like this. (laughs) Villains, remember who you are, Blart. Blart walks over and joins the thieves. Blart, oh, I remember. Blart has a twinkle in his eye to show the audience that he's still our Blart, our hero. Blart, I'm the world's best mall cop. And he shoves the metal into the machine and destroys it, betraying the other security officers, but doing what's right and saving the resort. Even though he knows that basically... He's out of a job. He sacrifices everything. It's a full circle back around to tie Blart in to his own universe. So in Paul Blart Mall Cop 1, you know how it opens up with him stopping that old man in the electric wheelchair? Uh Uh-huh. And he's uh, the electric shopping cart thing. And he tries to give him a ticket, but he drives off and he drags Blart Mm -hmm. with him. Well, you have that same scene with another guy. Except because because Sal is now inside of the Segway, instead of like being able to drive off, he zooms around and he fucking stops him. And he actually gives him the ticket. And the guy takes him seriously for once. And it's a full circle wrap-up of the entire trilogy. And it's it's Blart and Sal working together. That's my that's my pitch. I just thought of who could play Sal. Who could play Sal? The dude in the second movie is Sal Gundermutt. Oh my He's god. He's passed on. He's passed on. His le- it's his legacy. <laughs> I, okay. That's incredible. I'm so fucking upset. I've, I think I've, I've got a green light. God damn it. All right, Harley. Which movie <laughs> are you green lighting? I, I think, 
I've got a green light. Paul Blart 3. Written by... Dalton Graves. Okay, I'll just fucking rip my draft up. Cool. Okay, but cool. while while I got you guys here, can I pitch my my Paul Blart 3? Yes, yes, of no, course shit. you can. Yeah, let's go. Of let's course just fucking, you can. Yeah, okay. First, though, I do need to hear, why mine? Why, I feel like yours has more, like, big movie potential. You know? Jesus like, like Christ. something that people would go see in theaters because it's like this, like, post-apocalypse, like, robots thing. Like, people are really into that. It would get yeah. me a lot of money if I yeah. greenlight it. Mm-hmm. Whereas yours, I feel like, is, like, really realistic. Like, that could be happening right now, for all I know. Maybe Paul be. Blart is in a hospital right now. God, I hope not. Fucking <laughs> going Wolverine <laughs> on. <laughs> you know? All right. Well. Cool. I'm very happy with this result. Um, but I do want to hear your your idea for Paul Blart Mall Cop 3, Harley. Okay. Please pitch it to us. Probably fucking sucks. It's really good, actually. I think it's going to be really good. Okay. Whatever. She so, apparently has really good taste. Fucking... <laughs> 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 All right. Paul Blart Mall Cop 3. Mm-hmm. Setting. Mall of America. Whatever state that's in, somewhere in the Midwest. I think it's in Washington? It's in, like, Minnesota. I don't know. Minnesota? It's in, like, the middle of bumfuck nowhere. Anyway, (laughs) Mall of America. Mm -hmm. You know, after after his great conquerings of the first and second films, they offer him this position as, like, head security guard at the Mall of America. Mm -hmm. All right? And, you know, Mall of America has that American Girl store. Yep. Right? You're familiar. I am. Okay. So, Paul Blart finds out that there's a bunch of kids in danger in this American Girl store. Because, guess what? child trafficking whoa okay (laughs) so you know he's like oh shit like what am i gonna do and guess what his daughter even though she looks 30 she's a part of the child trafficking (laughs) and so that again that raises the stakes he's like oh shit gotta save my daughter from the child trafficking (laughs) and so he gets in because you know like obviously his wife left him in the second one uh things didn't work out with the with the big police officer girl you know, she's probably she probably also threw up after marrying him. Who knows? Yeah, probably. Anyway, it doesn't really matter because no one really cares about her. She didn't even have a name, did she? No. No. All right, so it doesn't matter. So anyway, so Paul Blart has to go through this this whole adventure to stop this child trafficking ring. Right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Are you following? I'm following. Are you into it? I'm here. Yeah. Keep going. So, <laughs> so Paul Blart is like, oh, shit, I got to stop this child trafficking and so he's like going through this huge american girl store and guess what do you know how they're trafficking the children how in the american girl boxes i've never seen an american girl doll I'm assuming, I'm assuming they have ones that are large like like life size they like do able now to fit a child comfortably well, who said anything about comfortably? It's child trafficking. Well, I mean, you are the can't boxes just shove clear? a kid in a like, box the where they're, like, Yeah, they're, like, clear. clear. Like, you know, they got the clear front and the I'm... child inside, and they just think it's, like, oh, it's, like, one of those, what are they called? Like, the, the love Are the alive. children frozen in carbonite? What are you No, doing? they're <laughs> just alive in the box. <laughs> yeah, they're moving. Like, you know, the... the what, like, just like American Girl dolls. No, like, 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 you know, like... <laughs> 
you know, whenever you walk into fucking an American girl doll store, and it's everyone just has a mask of terror as the <laughs> dolls are clawing to get out of the box. There's no oxygen. Well, see, they, see, it's what, like they Toy cover Story, it up. but in the Twilight Zone. Yeah, they they cover it up by being like, "Oh, this is our new line of American girl dolls that act that act like like a real friend." Like, it'll be a real friend for your child. Like, you know, like, the for real friends? I love when my friends you know, scream at anime? me for yeah. help. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, I would be doing right now if there's anyone around to hear me. I'm going to have to ask you to talk <laughs> to the mic, please. Like, I'd be doing right now if there was anyone around to hear me. Thank you. You're welcome. There we go. That's how you podcast, people. So, <laughs> Kings of podcasts. So, anyway, so, of course, Paul Blart, he stops the child trafficking ring. Uh-huh. He's like, you know what? You can't traffic children. That's not very cool. Uh-huh. Right? It isn't very cool. <laughs> you know, and, and there's a lot of fat jokes, of course, mm-hmm. uh, you know, per Paul, Paul Blart, you know, rules. I'm yeah. assuming there's rules in the Paul Blart shaming. universe. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah the, we set up. We, we already went over the, those. The PBCU. We already went over those. Yeah. As I would call it. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's my, uh, that's my idea for uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop 3. Wow. And I thought so it was pretty good. So, Paul Blart stops a child trafficking ring operating out of American Girl stores. Yes. Man, I bet American Girl dolls are going to fucking love that. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to jump right on board. <laughs> you want to feature us as a syndicate for, for you know, so, child trafficking? So, so yeah. I assume American, the company is The company implicit. is totally behind it 100%. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. Oh, there we go. Yep, okay. American Girl is like, you know what? This is great. Like kids love kids love Kevin James. Yeah. Kids love the person that plays his daughter. Yeah. Uh, kids love her. Um, so you know they're gonna make American Girl Paul Blart dolls. It's American Girl. Yeah, exactly. Paul but Blart's the, a man. It doesn't matter. Also, I don't think they're wanna they're gonna wanna do a lot of. Uh, partnering up with our production company after this i think it'll be i fine. mean to be fair who's okay. gonna want to be let's get kev on the phone though hey kev you there kev? i'm glad you just shot all over my idea and then talked about child trafficking for three minutes <laughs> that was pretty cool glad we got you on the horn i um, like that a lot thanks actually for, yeah just taking a big dump on it i worked really hard on my idea i thought it was pretty good um, i'm not saying it wasn't good okay well yeah you'd be Sure. You just we lost to a better idea. Playing Fantasyland, where fucking Paul Blart runs around Rapture. Yeah, sure, whatever. That's yeah. what people are into. It is. People love robots, dude. Okay. Have you seen Wally? Ha! Nope, you haven't. <laughs> I have seen, it was pretty good. Wally, it was pretty good. The movie Wally. I saw it in theaters. Are you going? <laughs> hey, Dalton, how do we end the podcast? Are we in the podcast by saying, "I hope you guys are ready for us to come up with more ideas." For more films. It's going to be really good. I feel like I'm being held for ransom. Please send help. You actually are. I'm sorry. Oh, no. That's what's happening. Okay. So, yeah, we're actually bringing your idea to life. Uh, American Girl Dolls did sponsor this episode. <laughs> thank, thank, thank you to American Girl. <laughs> thank you, American Girl Dolls. We really appreciate it. Uh, yeah. we got lots of ideas coming later on yeah. down the road. Yeah. All right. We'll see you later. And always remember to take fun. Oh, God, is that... Oh, God. Oh, no, God. That means nothing. Please erase <laughs> That's that. Nothing. That's nothing. Um, we should have we an should, outro, though. We should... Um, th- this is episode one, Origins, Blart. And maybe Blart sort of... We have to pay homage to Blart every time. I want to kill Blart with my own hands. Is that homage or homage? Homage. God damn it. 
Amish sounds like you're trying to say Amish, but you're fucking it up. I'm a writer. Anyway. Always bet on Blart. Blart, 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 Blart,